You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 96, The Simpsons Movie. I was beaten tic-tac-toe by a chicken. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, Simpsons, and everything in between. My name is Chelsea Robson, and I am here with Morgan Stradling and Mason Smith. Say hi, guys. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey. You fell for that one. Yeah, again, this is the second time. (laughs) Don't. So who are the Rotoscopers and what have you stumbled onto? Well, we are just a bunch of friends. We get together every couple of weeks or so and we talk about animated movies. We're actually like big fans of the medium that is animation. Like we sit around and we talk about what we liked about different movies. We joke around. We don't really take ourselves super seriously. But at the same time, we love this medium. And so we have a lot of passion for what we do. And we are really glad that you guys are able to join us today as we're talking about The Simpsons Movie. Excellent. So before we go into the Simpsons movie, I just want to talk about the Patreon. Um, last ah. episode, we introduced that we are doing a Patreon to help support the show and to help us basically grow the show and make it so we do this not just every two weeks, but every week and even multiple episodes a week. That really is the whole goal of the Patreon is to you know get enough support that we can do this all the time. And I have been overwhelmed by the support that we've gotten so far. We have... Um, our monthly contribution is at $80 a month, which is crazy. And I'm so, so grateful to the patrons who've been in, who've joined and supported. So thank you to everyone who has done that. Yes, um, thank you. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Patreon, it's basically a crowdfunding uh, way to support content creators such as podcasters and YouTubers. And it's just a way that you give a monthly contribution level and you pledge to con contribute that amount each month. You can do anything from a uh, dollar to as much as you want. We have different levels. So there's a $1 level, a $5 level, 10 and 20. And at different levels, you get different perks. Um, you know, for example, the $5 level that gets you to our monthly call-in show where you can, all the patrons can call in and they can ask us anything. It's, it's just a really laid back show. There's not necessarily any like one movie that we're focusing on or agenda. It's just like a round table about anything animation or anything about us. It's, it's really fun. So we're going to be starting that up in June, our first, you know, rotocast, as we're going to call it. Woo-hoo. And also that gives you access to the the Rotoscopers patron-only group. And already we have people oh, in the group. Yeah. And it's been so fun because you get to interact with hardcore animation fans like yourself. We've been, <laughs> you know, um, one, one post that people have put group is, you know, what is your favorite uh, animation quotes that you quote all the time in real life? So I've chimed oh, yeah. in there and Chelsea has and a whole bunch of other people. And it's just fun because these are, you know, the hardest of hardcore, I guess, rotoscopers and animation fans. So in this group, you just really, you feel like you have a community and a, a people who are just like you. And, and obviously on the website, you get that as well. But this is just an even more uh, intimate level that you can do that at. And so, yes, if you haven't supported us, definitely go to rotoscopers.com slash Patreon or rotoscopers.com slash patron and go there because you can, you know, read all about it. 
extra, extra, right? And find out if this is something that you want to do. We're so grateful for anyone who has been able to support us. And um, so really quickly, so I said we're at $80 a month. And our first goal is $100 a month. And so what happens when we hit $100 a month cumulative, not one person, um, then we are going to start reviewing new animated releases on the show. And that's huge because I think those are some of our most popular episodes, like our Frozen episode, Brave. You know, we did two episodes for Brave. We did uh, Big Hero 6. And we just haven't had the time to all be able to go and do these, you know, right when they come out. But if we hit this $100 level, then we making a commitment that every new animated film that comes out, and let's be honest, there's like 12 to 14, there's like 8 to 12 every year, we will review those. So that's just like 12 instant episodes that you guys are going to get during the year. And it's going to be new content, you know, so inside out is coming out literally in two weeks and we're going to do it if we hit a hundred dollars a month. So if that's something that you've always wanted us to do, then definitely consider even just joining at the $1 or $5 level. It's definitely worth your while and we appreciate it. And I know like the thing is the patrons make the show better. Mm -hmm. And I really do believe that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, if, well, for one, it's like you said, Morgan, our patrons-only Facebook group is a blast. We've been really enjoying it. And just think, if we make it to our $100, uh, you know, our, our, that milestone or whatever, that goal that we've set, then you don't have to wait, you know, a long time to hear uh, an Animation Addicts podcast episode on the new releases that come out. Mm-hmm. And so we want to do it. But we need your help to do it. And so if you've, if you've, you've been on the fence considering, uh, being a patron for the Rotoscopers, please, um, you know, sign up. And, uh, I know it's cheesy to say, but every little bit helps. And if we get, you know, a large support base, then, you know, we can meet these goals and we can add even more content to improve your experience with the Rotoscopers. Absolutely. We're so close. We are so close. Just basically two to four more patrons. And we're there. So, um, and then really quickly. So before I go, I wanted to give a shout out to our very first patron only. Her name is Megan McFarland. And she was the very first person on the very first day that we opened the, the Patreon up. And <laughs> I just wanted to give her a shout out because I thought it was so awesome. So thank you, Megan. And thank you to shout all out the other, indeed. thank you to all the other patrons and future patrons. So with that, on to the main event. You know, since we're do- we're doing the Simpsons movie, we haven't already <laughs> figured that out. But before we get into the discussion on the movie, like I think I think the Simpsons in general deserves its own nerdy couch discussion. Yes, I feel like we've been in. Insp- well, we've of course I-, I think we would want to do this, but we were also egged on by one of our fans, Eric, who left us a voice message about um, about the Simpsons movie. But also, he brought up a really good point. Hey, Roscoffers, this is Eric Faulkner. I'm leaving a voicemail for the Simpsons movie. It's really hard to just talk about the movie and not talk about the phenomenon that is the Simpsons. I mean, they got two theme parks now. I mean, I want to go to those. They sound like fun. And also, I feel it is kind of been on the air a little too long, and it should probably end soon all right so yes eric you're right two theme parks that's pretty phenomenal um and as far as like this it really is a phenomena and this 
I love The Simpsons. I, I love, love, love The Simpsons. But the thing is, I haven't watched any of the newer episodes for a couple years. Ooh. And as a full Simpsons fan, like, I'm kind of sad to say that. But at the same time, I haven't really watched any TV in a couple years. So, like, everybody goes out the window at that point. So, <laughs> oh, so pure. <laughs> I'm just, I, I just don't have a TV. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we don't have cable. But we have, like, every other outlet besides cable, satellite, and and DSL, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. The internet makes it possible through streaming like, and I think if you have Hulu Plus you can you can watch The Simpsons. Yes, I don't have Hulu Plus. Now, if you're a first time listener, you should know and I, I know a lot of our older listeners know that I did not grow up on The Simpsons. Simpsons was kind of forbidden in my house. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I don't really blame my mom. I, I really had to kinda sneak it or my or my dad. I really had to kind of like either Sneak into the living room while dad was watching when mom wasn't around or, um. <laughs> Wait, your dad or, would watch it? Well, yeah, you know, sometimes when, you know. Yeah, cause adults watch adult watch things. It. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, he would watch it and I would just kind of, you know, quietly sit down next to him and try not to laugh too loud or, or whatever. <laughs> and, and, um, but yeah, and then I did go and see the movie, but I, I myself am not a, a Simpsons fan. I still, I love it for the cultural icon that it is. It's it's a national treasure, as uh, as uh, Rick Sanchez said on the Rick and Morty intro to The Simpsons that they did recently. And um, but you should know that my experience with The Simpsons and my power to quote it does not does not stand nearly as well up to um, Chelsea and and Morgan. They are the diehard Simpsons fans on this podcast. True statement. <laughs> yeah. So I'll just talk about my history with The Simpsons. So I grew up watching The Simpsons basically from day one. Um, maybe not day one because I was probably three at the time, but I remember seeing even, you know, scenes from season one, season two, very vivid in my mind watching those. And I love The Simpsons. I've, you know, like forever The Simpsons was always on reruns um, between like six and seven o'clock. And then they did it later from 10 to 10 to 11. And that was my jam because I would watch The Simpsons all the time. Didn't matter if it was an old episode, new episode. So I grew up watching The Simpsons. I have the box sets. I've watched, you know, the box sets, all the episodes with director's commentary. Yes. Because that, <laughs> if you are a Simpsons fan, you have to, they do every single episode. That's hardcore. Um, they, they do a director's commentary for, yes. or like a creator's commentary or whoever was the show. And they are amazing. It helps you appreciate those episodes even more. You get behind the scenes. Um, so as a Simpsons fan, I recommend it, but... Chelsea, um, I did probably watch up until the late teens, like like 18, 19. And I've seen a few episodes here, here and there, but I really am one of those diehard Simpsons fans. Seasons 1 through 10, you know, those are the end-all, be-all. I, I follow a Simpsons uh, quote account on Twitter, and they only quote episodes or only <laughs> quote quotes from seasons 1 through 10. Yes. And I'm like, yes, you get it. Yes. You totally get it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I love The Simpsons. I've seen it more times than I can count. I can, it was my go-to quotes for many things. Like, like we were saying in the patron group, they said, what are your favorite quotes? And like half of them were Simpsons quotes. And I'm like, yes, this is, this makes me happy. (laughs) It's true. No, I'll tell you why I probably haven't watched any of these. So up in, uh, 2006 for our family, we, for our TV, we actually had a projector that projected onto the wall and that was awesome, FYI. But then we watched it so much that the bulb burned out. And if you guys don't know, to get a new bulb for one of those projectors is like 
as much as buying a full new projector. And so my parents was like, forget that. We're not doing that. You guys watch too much TV anyway. And we're like, oh, <laughs> so that was 2006 when that happened. And that was like a crazy year because it went from like normal watching TV and Simpsons totally included in that to like no TV at all, um, except for like computer stuff. So yeah, that's kind of what happened then. And then 2007 was when the movie came out. So right up, up till that point is my Simpsons knowledge. Like I'm pretty well versed up until 2006. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Simpsons, my brother and I shout out to Randy we would have a game with each other. It's like, who could name the episode fastest? So within the first like five seconds, like the first scene you had within, you had within the first scene to figure out which episode it was and like give the name and the season. And like, we were hardcore. It was kind of sad, but not sad. It was awesome. So yes, (laughs) we are, we love Simpsons. Yay. Well, the Simpsons, it's the longest running American you know, animated program, but mm-hmm. it's also the longest running American sitcom. Right. Um, Easy. Right. And about six years ago, it, um, it became the longest running, like, you know, like a primetime television series, like that, that scripted, you know, not like a telecast or something like that. Right. The previous one being Gunsmoke. But yeah. <laughs> so Simpsons has tremendous longevity. It won't quit. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Because I obviously I haven't studied like the history of The Simpsons, but I don't think they meant it to go like this long when they first started it up. Well, I think one thing that totally stands out The Simpsons, especially during those early seasons, is just the comedy and the humor. Like one thing about The Simpsons is a lot of the writers are from Harvard. And so they're very intelligent. They're very smart. And at the same time, they're hilarious. And so they're able to use that wit that they naturally have and kind of weave it into, you know, the script, to the episodes, to background scenes, to just even just little things that aren't important to the sh- to the episode, but are just something in the background um, that, you know, you would pay attention to and you would get. And I, what I like about The Simpsons is that it plays on multiple levels. Obviously, me as a six-year-old understood The Simpsons and thought it was hilarious. But as I got older and was able to understand some of these inside jokes and some of these references to pop culture and history, I got it that much more and appreciated it for how clever they were able to be. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really is superior comedic writing. You know, if you watch a typical episode of The Simpsons, it has there's a broad range of knowledge and experience, you know, on the part of the viewer that the show caters to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and put simply, it's like it's like Morgan said, a, a six year old can understand the humor. As you get older, you can understand even more things. You know, personally, I like I think The Simpsons is superior to other shows because I guess it was like one of the first animated sitcoms that really was really centered on Amer- on American culture. It's really funny that in other countries the Simpsons are really popular, but I don't I don't think they understand it as much because it's really hard to translate the humor of the Simpsons into other languages. Oh my like gosh. it's a very it's very American show. Yeah, and I'm proud of that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but, you, um, I have to put, I have to put this interject this thing in there. One of my oh, favorite sure. things was. Um, right. They said this on one of the commentaries and right after the Australia, like Bart goes to Australia episode, um, the Australians were really ticked at that and they got so much hate mail after that. But they kept talking about how there was, it was nothing compared to when they went to Brazil and like totally just like slammed on Brazil. That's <laughs> like they awesome. So much after that. But it was just <laughs> like things like that. Like it is everywhere, everywhere. It's amazing. Yeah. 
Well, you you know what you know what experience I had when I was in Argentina is um, one people didn't know it's not a kids show. Um, a lot of people in Argentina, I guess, were caught up in the whole like animation is for kids. And um, so I would uh, come across a lot of families who would sit around with the whole family and watch it, you know, six-year-olds and everything. And um, th- obviously there's some content in The Simpsons that's not appropriate for young children. Yes. I mean, yes. that's the point <laughs> of The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they would come up to me and be like, hey, Smith, like, uh, you know, we really love The Simpsons, but you know what? I don't know if it's that much of a kid's show. After all, some of that stuff is really inappropriate. <laughs> the stuff that they show on these cartoons for kids. Right. And... um also, I um, I caught one episode in Argentina that, that stood out to me, and it was the one where, um, oh gosh, I don't even know half the characters' names, so please don't like come at me with a mob of, of torches and pitchforks. Torches! <laughs> in in May! Or no, it was 4 p.m. It's 4 p.m. <laughs> it was 7 p.m. <laughs> anyway, um, who's the kid who's kind of, he kind of lives no, out in the boonies? Ralph. Ralph. No, not Ralph. Uh, sorry. Out in the boonies, um, and he's the kid who's always like, hey! Nelson. 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 Okay. Well, Nelson kind of likes Lisa and they're talking and they're at his like rundown house in the middle of the woods and he has his guitar and he sings um, his own rendition of Joy to the World. Yeah. That's like a classic <laughs> episode. In the Spanish yes. version, in the Argentina version of that episode, they say everything in Spanish up until the point that, um, that he sings a song. And when she oh. says, Hey, you have a guitar. Will you sing me a song? She says it in Spanish and, he's, and he says, See, sí, Pero lo hago en inglés. <laughs> Which is, he's like, yeah, but I'll do it in English. And he just goes into Joy to the World, you know, the teacher's dead, all that stuff. Yeah. In English. And people in our, and the people that were in the house that we were in were like, hey, what are they saying? <laughs> we can never understand what that song is saying. <laughs> and so it dawned on me that a lot of the Simpsons just simply can't be translated into other languages very well. Because it is a very, like, English-American-centric show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like a lot of the storefronts and like signage and advertisements in The Simpsons is, um, you know, it's like a pun or a play mm-hmm. on words. And it's really hard to do that in other languages. Yeah, absolutely. So I, so I think as like an American cultural icon, it's very important that it is focused so much on, you know, American culture. Mm-hmm. Although it doesn't, it doesn't really didn't, doesn't spare anyone. Another great thing about The Simpsons is that it has a wide variety of comedy that doesn't spare any group affiliation or ideology. There are no protected groups in The Simpsons. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All shall be targeted. Yes. And you know what? There's a bit of grim comic fairness to it that I can, I can get behind. I can appreciate that. And plus, though it is, Simpsons can be gross and inappropriate. It's not nearly yeah. as gross and inappropriate as other, um, uh, popular comedy animated shows out there. You know, I yeah, think South it, Park and Family Guy, and I think long after those shows are dead, you know, maybe someday, The <laughs> Simpsons will probably still be chugging on. And that's what I appreciate. Like, The the Simpsons does push the envelope um, with certain things. You know, I, I think particularly scenes with Marge and Homer in bed, like, maybe shouldn't have watched that when I was little, but whatever. Uh, well, I did watch this when I was, like, six. So maybe I did, but whatever. <laughs> No, we were, um, we were like 19 when this came out. No, not The Simpsons. I'm just talking in general. Oh, there, okay. there were scenes like that in the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and they don't, they're not afraid to skirt around that. But uh, I do particularly think that the South Parks of the world and Family Guy like are just on a whole other level that is is too crude, I guess, for me. Like I could handle like little innuendos within The Simpsons, but it never really like went there. Um, that was yeah. just so too gross for me. 
But that's what I appreciate. I guess it was able to push the envelope with not being so disgusting. It's you know? still okay for prime time. <laughs> yeah. And one of the main things is that Bart was America's bad boy. You know, he was this kid who cussed and that was such a bad thing. Um, looking at it now, I'm like, eh, whatever. But <laughs> by the time, it was a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Jimmy. Jimmy. Well, as far as like the future of it, as um, Eric brought out, he thought that it should end and it's gone on too long. Um, the Simpsons actually was just re-upped for two more seasons. Mm. Um, most of the times beforehand, like there, there were times when, when the Simpsons got super big that all of these actors were making about 400 grand an episode. My gosh. Like it was insane money, crazy, crazy money. Um, in 2011, they did have another dispute because like things kind of dropped a bit and so the studio wanted to save money and so they ended up giving a, a pay cut to some of the actors definitely not as much as as what they wanted to cut um but the actors they you know they were able to get through it and really there hasn't been any change in any of the in the voice actors since the beginning which is insane like that's almost unheard of yeah absolutely that's pretty wild about the salary mm-hmm. um I can't even imagine. Yeah. Um, except for this last year, they actually had a, a few people. Um, unfortunately, we had a few deaths. The voice of Mrs. Kerbopel, um, she died, which made me really sad. I was like, aww. Um, and then also this last, with this new um, adjustment with these last two seasons that were just up for, like this is the first time that one of the actors has been um left behind i guess you could say harry Shear, who does the voice for so many people like i know otto he's flanders he's mr burns principal seymour skinner you've got reverend lovejoy you've got so many people and i'm like oh my gosh how do i not have you guys in my show they are going to be replacing him with the finest quality voice actors available as was quoted in variety um but, do you think do you think they'll have someone that can mimic those voices like as perfectly as possible, or do they think they'll just change the voices with you know a good voice actor? You know, because no, you can I, have I, a really good voice actor, but not necessarily get the voices perfect. No, I think that they will try to replicate as much as possible. But I really think this is the beginning of the end mm-hmm. for The Simpsons. I mean, back when Phil Hartman died, I mean, he was so key. Lionel Hutz and um, Troy McClure; those are some amazing characters, and they just they just got rid of those characters for the most part. This is particularly Troy McClure. But but think so many characters leaving at once with one person, I think you will be able to see tell the difference. And I think fans won't appreciate it very much. So I do think this is with one person leaving, it's going to be the beginning of the end, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many that he, he did so well. Mr. Burns, I mean, come on. And the thing is, like, there's some people that I'm sure they'll be able to get, like, five different people to play the over yeah. d- dub for those voices. <laughs> you know, like, they won't be able to get one guy to do all of them. But they'll be able I, to find a myriad of people to do one of those voices, you know? I guess they'll have to shoot Mr. Burns and really kill him this time. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, see, I got a Simpsons reference. Good job. But, yeah, um, it's kind of a startling thing because it's like The Simpsons has been there for so long that it's like you don't really think about this stuff that a voice actor can just... You know, up and leave for whatever reason, you know, or or it can be let go or, you know, or even pass away. And so um, because we, we really think of these characters as um, 
as their own entities. I, I saw um, there's a really interesting episode of Inside the Actor Studio. I don't know if you. I, I saw that one. Uh, yes. You know that the jail, the prison warden from Arrested Development is is the host, um, or rather, the host of this show plays the jail warden in Arrested Development. But he's um, it's a pretty funny show. And one time he had um, all of the major voice actors from The Simpsons on these mini seated on these mini bleachers in front of him. And he would just read off a list of characters and ask for them to speak up. And one of the voice actors would be like, you know, Krusty would be like, yeah, that's me, you know. And then they would, like, talk like that character. But oftentimes it was the uh, the same voice actor. And and that's what I was shocked about The Simpsons, like, digging a little deeper into the show, you know, over the years. And, um, you know, looking up voice actors in the show is that one of the voice actors for this show will do, like, 20 characters. And that's so versatile. Like, that's so much talent. And to have oh, yeah. one leave, like like we just discussed, that's uh, you've lost a, a big chunk of the cast. But thankfully, The Simpsons has such a gigantic cast, mm-hmm. you know, that it, as weird as it is to say this, like other characters will soon overshadow and 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 upstage the characters that are lost with, or or diminished with uh, voice actors that leave. And that's not to say that we'll never see Mr. Burns or like Smithers or, or Ned Flanders again. Um, it's just that. I don't know. We have to be prepared that it'll be different, that it won't be the same. (laughs) Okay, so with that, shall we go and talk about the Simpsons movie? Ah, yes. So dumb. They're just, they're just making you pay money for something that you can eventually just watch on TV for free. <laughs> that was so great. It's yeah, so that, self-referential. That yeah, it really is. That joke made me really think about what I was doing in that theater that day. <laughs> but I stuck it out and I'm glad I did. I'm surprised I went and saw it. I think some of my buddies were like, hey, let's go see the Simpsons movie. You want to see it? I was like, uh, of course I want to see it. I'm like a big Simpsons fan. Yeah. Uh, oh my, oh my gosh, who killed Kenny, right? I mean, wait, no. <laughs> Don't hurt me. (laughs) So the Simpsons movie. Um, First thoughts. We've kind of been talking about our thoughts about the series, but I remember when they announced that they were doing a movie, it was just this big deal. It's like, oh, my gosh, they're finally going to do it. Yay. So excited. But I do feel this movie came, you know, maybe five years too late. I would have loved to have seen this at its prime, you know, 2001, around then. Mm -hmm. Um, But nonetheless, 2007 was still a decent time for the show. They brought back a lot of really great writers who were, you know, you know, some of the best writers of The Simpsons. And if I were to watch, you know, 10 Simpsons things, I don't think I would watch The Simpsons movie. I watched, Mm -hmm. you know, a variety of other episodes. But I do think it's funny. And I did watch it again this time. And I was like, okay, I like it. It's pretty good. Some things I don't like, but for the most part, it's good. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so as far as general info goes, it's distributed by 20th Century Fox. Director was David Silverman, who has done about 30 different um, spots as a director for The Simpsons. And it was released on July 27th, 2007. And the actual premiere was done in Springfield, Vermont. One of the funny oh. things about it, like they've, they designed the show so that it would be like in it could be in any town it could be anywhere and so one of the jokes is like they never actually tell you where it is like where springfield actually is located um but i do remember of course when they-, they do it's right at the corner of uh, nevada maine and kentucky <laughs> that was so great i love that quote um 
But yeah, then I I also remember. Do you remember when they like built the Simpsons house in Vegas or Nevada mm-hmm. somewhere? And yeah. that, I think that was like one point. It's like, no, it's in Nevada. I just remember being all like, oh, this was a big deal to like know where Springfield was. There's no lakes in Nevada. <laughs> yeah. But it had a, a budget of about $75 million estimated. The opening box office weekend, it brought in $74 million, So in one weekend, you know, you get your budget back, basically. That's and, how you know you have a success. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then in over the lifetime of its time in the theaters, it was $183 million. Huh. Big That's time. pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Music by Hans Zimmer. The Zimmer. Now, riddle me this. Did you, did they really need Hans Zimmer for this film? I don't think so. I mean, Danny Elfman has had done most of the other... Like he, He's the one that created the Simpsons theme. I don't know, they could have just gotten him to come back, but, you know, whatever. How Hans, much money does he get in royalties every time they play an episode? You know, it depends on what his original deal was at the very beginning. See, that's mm. the thing. He probably didn't have a big deal at the very beginning. <laughs> So he probably yeah. doesn't get as much as he probably should. But as far as first recollections go for this movie, I laughed really hard when at the very beginning, when Bart is writing on the chalkboard and it says, I will not illegally download this movie. That's a really good <laughs> subtle way of doing of doing that. Right. Well, I happened to be in China when this movie came out and I was really bummed because I was like, oh. oh, no, I'm not going to be able to see the Simpsons movie when it comes out because I wanted to be there like and do the midnight showing and all that type of stuff because I was like, ah, oh, awesome. But I was in Shanghai at our hostel there and I look up at one of the like random TVs that they had playing and they had the Simpsons movie playing like and it was like three days after it had been released. And I'm like, oh, China. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to China. So that was my initial thought of this movie. It was pretty funny. So going right into it, I think it really sets the tone with Ralph for the 20th Century Fox theme. Just sing it along. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. <laughs> right from the very beginning, I was like, yes, yes, they get it. So you know this is going to be funny. It's going to be filled with Simpsons jokes. They're going to poke fun at stuff. And off to the races we go. And they start with an itchy and scratchy segment, which is something that they have commonly done throughout the series. A lot of times they show that, and then it's the Simpsons watching an itchy and scratchy episode. So I I really liked the way that they set this up, because they had a lot of common elements that were familiar uh, with new things. So just sort of at the very beginning, to me, it felt like an episode of The Simpsons, which is what you want the movie to ultimately be. Yeah. Yeah. I love how elaborate some of the itchy and scratchy sketches are. Oh my gosh, yes. Like there's a few that last like 10 minutes. <laughs> but this one was pretty good. And what Morgan said is a good point because one, the show is like nonstop Simpsons humor, which is really hard to do. I imagine when you bring a franchise from, you know, from TV to the big screen, you know, when you have an hour and 30 minutes to fill up. But at the same time, the story isn't all that disjointed. Like all the crazy things that happen in the film have a purpose that serves the plot. And that's really good writing. (laughs) Yeah. Harvard, Harvard. If your kids thinking about going to Harvard, (laughs) they could be the next Simpsons, the next Simpsons writer. (laughs) But yeah. And then I I like, uh, some, some stuff is pretty subtle. I like the, um, when they bring up the title, the Simpsons movie, the aspect ratio changes from like 16 by nine to cinema, you know, it stretches (laughs) out all of a sudden. And then, um, obviously, new intro because it's 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 the uh, the movie version now. Yes, you know we get this new opening, and this is another classic 
you know, staple of the Simpsons is the opening scene where Bart's on the skateboard. He's riding on the chalkboard. You know, they're going through Springfield. You know, as time went on, this got shorter and shorter and shorter. It was just the Simpsons and then the car driving into the carport and, you know, them going Something inside. Something elaborate happening when they happen. The couch gag. The couch, the yeah, couch exactly. Gag. That's right. um, so I, this was another thing. I'm like, yay, I'm glad they did this. But this was something new because we do go through Springfield this time and see everybody. Um, so, you know, checks all around. A plus so far for the opening. And then we get to the singing of the theme song, which I thought was fabulous. Oh, which, by Green Day. Yeah. Which you know, is... I forgot they were famous. <laughs> oh, it was a different era. It was. Like, it was oh, a yeah, different that's right. Time. Those guys. They were big during this time, so... No wonder they got the yeah, gig. Yeah, that freaking uh, American Idiot had just come out, and so all the world, the whole world, thought they knew what punk rock was, yeah. and uh, and went out and bought this album. And so, it's well, good, good for them. And it, uh, this was a fun cameo. I mean, whatever. It was fun. I was really, I was really glad we did the Simpsons movie after Ferngully because it just goes straight into like them trying to be. We've been playing for three hours. We'd like to take a moment to talk about the environment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, was, it was perfect timing on our part. We didn't do this on purpose, but oh, yes, so great. <laughs> you want to show the Rotoscopers community how we really feel. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they play uh, Near My God to Thee, you know? Yes, yeah, that's so great. Reference. The Titanic reference. I thought, again, this is just what The Simpsons does. If you hadn't seen Titanic or you didn't even know any history about not even seeing the movie, but just anything about it going down with the ship, um, you wouldn't have gotten that. But if you knew just a little bit, you would have seen how funny it is. And yeah. It was quite funny. It, it was yeah. quite funny. You know, of course, uh, at church the next morning, they're talking about the tragic passing of the of the latest band <laughs> to be destroyed in, in Springfield. Oh and that, uh, I love how everyone can just see the Simpsons walking into church, you know, and like bickering before they go in. And even though Homer says some pretty blasphemous things, I still feel like there's a little bit of all of our families in in the in that joke, you know, the family that shows up late to church and is like extremely dysfunctional or feels like we're dysfunctional. Yeah. Well, just I, remember folks, church is not a retirement community for the perfect. It is a hospital for those who need to be healed. <laughs> oh my god. You're not the only ones. And then well, what's so funny, it reminds me of like any time that I would go to church and like I'd be coming with my sister Marissa and sometimes she used to be late and she would end up making me late. And at that point in time if you're Walking in late, you're going to have to take like the walk of shame up to the very front of the, of the church because nobody sits in the front row for whatever reason. <laughs> and so everybody knows that you're coming in late. Yeah. So it was great. And then we have, um, the first, you know, semi-serious plot thickening that happens, of course, with Grandpa Simpson. And this was right around the time, the advent of smartphones that had video. So, of course, comic book guys got his smartphone and he's filming it, you know. And we were all pixelated. Oh, right. You know, and it, you know, sitting in the theater, we were all like, oh, yeah, that's cool. We can do that now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, how times have changed. I know it's it's funny how 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 recent this film is and yet how not recent it is. See, at the same time, I wish that they didn't throw that type of stuff in there because it really does date it. Like, for example, I remember one episode they threw in an iPod or something, and it was just like, oh man, because I, I liked how The Simpsons it was just kind of like in, somewhat timeless. It was timeless up until they started to add technology and technology. Like, no, 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 Ch- that changes much too quickly. Mm-hmm. Technology, yeah, yeah absolutely. And then, uh, no, of course, no one really thinks much of it except for Marge, you know, who's you know more the sensible one who who 
actually worries about things that are happening. Yes, who cares? Because Homer can't, Homer can't bother with that because he's got his list of chores. One of them is going to church. <laughs> so good. You know, then his other things, you know, this, I like how they subtly introduce plot points. You know, there's the sinkhole. Oh, right, the sinkhole. I've never experienced one of these in Arizona. I, I'm not sure they actually exist, but maybe they do. But, um, yeah, so he covers up the sinkhole with the sandbox and, and moves on to his next chore. And then, really, you're trusting Homer to <laughs> reshingle the roof. Knowing their, you know, history with Homer, if I were Marge, I would not assign this to him. I would just fork over the money and pay someone. But, nonetheless, it, it gives us a great father-son bonding moment between Earthquake, Homer Earthquake. and Bart. <laughs> and they're both so goofy, and they're doing these horrible they things. <laughs> yeah, they don't care. Uh, it's really good. And, you know, you see that they love each other, even though, you know, Homer can be very abusive at times. Well, but... I think, it, I think it, it kind of, like well, like you said, like, this movie is very, like, self-aware of The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And, you know... The parents who disapproved of The Simpsons often said that, you know, Homer and his family are not good role models. I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people were afraid of kids, like, mimicking the behavior on the show, not just laughing at the comedy. And so I feel like this segment was, like, either making fun of that or, like, being, like, blatantly and obviously, like, self-aware of that. (laughs) See, I never got that. When all all of the friends are like, oh, no, they're so horrible, like, role models or whatever, I'm like, you're really looking at cartoons to be your role models? Come on now. That's a problem with you. Well, it's like me me girl always says. um, Celebrities should never be role models. Exactly. It's like, these are just people that you look at, you watch, and you laugh at. Yeah, they're a dysfunctional family for a reason, so you don't do that. (laughs) Right. If we automatic, if we suddenly fix the Simpsons and turn them into a a more functional family, that it wouldn't be half as funny. I will say, though, that there was one episode where um, Homer is, like, choking on something, and in the background, you see a how to do the Heimlich on a poster or something, and then on the commentary, it did talk about how some kid ended up saving somebody else's life, like from choking because he saw that poster and he knew how to do it from looking at that poster in the background, which I thought was hilarious. So I guess good things can come from it. (laughs) Yeah. And so they start a true, they start a dare off, which gets pretty ridiculous. But meanwhile, Lisa is trying to uh, doing what Lisa usually does every episode. That is to enact social justice in Springfield by, you know, Knocking doors. To, yeah, knocking <laughs> doors and doing stuff like that. <laughs> and again, this is another subtle way that they're kind of introducing something that becomes a bigger plot point. With Bart and Homer, there, there, there definitely is a rift that happens between their relationship. And Lisa, you know, if you, you're familiar with The Simpsons, you're like, oh, Lisa, she's just doing her thing. Just another conservationist effort. But it leads to more. This The lake is actually something pretty serious. And, uh, you know, then she meets a love interest and Personally, I always love the the episodes where Lisa had a love interest because she she's had quite a few over the years. Yeah. Uh, Nelson being one of them, people who are you know on her level intelligently uh, or intelligence wise, and you know then of course there's the Irish smart guy who's also into saving the earth. Hey, all oh, right. The Irish accent is a is a good one. That one is definitely Say one it. I would fall for. He's not Say, Bono. Is your dad? He's not Bono. <laughs> No, I just not. thought since you were Irish, he's not Bono. And uh, that's about the time when Homer uh, gives Bart the dare of all dares. I dare you to skateboard to the Krusty Burger. I almost said Krusty Krab. Krusty Burger and back naked. <gasps> 
before anyone, anyone has a second to bat an eyelash. He's like, I'm on it. Boom. And he's skateboarding naked. And then there's all these clever moments where they're covering it up and, you know, making it decent. But then it's not. And Were y'all okay shot- with that? I actually was not. <laughs> like, I know I, it's just a cartoon and they don't really show anything. It's just sort of like a, you know. I wasn't really shocked by it because, I mean, whatever. I was in high school gym. But, like, <laughs> I was I was more thinking, like, how do they get away with that? Yeah, it's a movie. Exactly. But like I'm thinking Ralph Bakshi. Sure. If Ralph if Ralph Bakshi really had his way and was just like to heck with the <laughs> with the to, you know to heck with standards and practices, then he'd probably go crazy with stuff like that. And yeah. of course that stuff would be like rated R or X or whatever. Yeah, and I think this is a cartoon or NC17, abstract- which is the most which is the most confusing movie rating of all time. <laughs> yes. So yeah, it's uh, interesting. Um, I'm sure people love it. I was actually quite shocked by it. I think I, they actually um, revealed this ahead of time, like in some of like the pre-commercials that they do and like the trailer spots. I, I have a feeling. I remember knowing this was coming and being so yeah. aghast. You know. Well, I, I remember that was one of the reasons like people were really upset about afterward. They were just like, "Oh my gosh, it's so indecent." I'm like. Okay. <laughs> what else did you expect, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They had to do one thing, really, to, like, you know, make it Simpsons and edgy. And if that's the worst they had to do, eh, I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's so many great moments in the film. It's like, it passes. Yeah. It passes, but I, I like some of the some of the jokes about it. Don't look where I'm pointing! <laughs> so I cool. like red now! <laughs> I like red now! Oh, everybody freaking busted up. <laughs> Because they did the one joke that everyone was thinking about <laughs> Ralphie, but had never really been addressed yet. Was it just me, or uh, was there like a a Fox TV ad? Yeah, during one of the parts. Yeah, later. Um, no, during that part where they're in the front yard, there is. It's a, f- and if you read it, it says, "Hey, of course you didn't think we'd get away with, um, you know, doing pre-roll or an ad, did you?" So it was. It was just a joke. I don't think it was for any particular show but it's because if you're watching the simpsons live those would always come up especially on fox they have the worst they like yeah. fly in they take half the screen so i thought that was just kind of a funny little nod <laughs> to you know their production history and their syndication history yeah. um, so then you know he ends up at the crusty burger and gets in trouble and i love lou like how they like, just nail him to a pole basically yeah hey kid no one likes wearing clothes in public but you know it's the law. <laughs> uh, and so, um, you know, he thinks that Homer is going to save him. And Homer realizes that my pants. the slave is going to come on him. And so he says, no, no, it wasn't me. It was all him. It was all his idea. And this is what really hurts. No, it's not really blame. All he has, all you would have to do is take an hour long parenting. parenting class. Uh, yes. <laughs> it was him. It was his idea the whole time. I'm at the end of my rope. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Yeah, and so then they go inside, and Flanders, of course, has an extra pair of pants. Uh, oh, you know how kids are. <laughs> and that kind of opens up this whole, um, this kind of a weird, weird thing that they introduced in the movie, but it makes sense. You know, all his life, Bart has had to deal with Homer's ridiculousness, even though Bart himself is ridiculous. Yeah. But the movie poses the question, like, is there a point where Bart just has enough of Homer and wishes that he had, you know, the perfect father? 
You yeah, know, and of course the uh, this whole the whole series, the perfect father has been living right next door, and so mm-hmm. who else would you use? Oakley, 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 Oakley. Yeah, they, they've done sort of this before. There was an episode where um, he ends up living with them. I think they get uh, taken away by Child Protective Services, so yeah. they drive right next door. And they live with Flanders, um, and the, ultimately he wants to baptize them, and he, they don't get baptized because the you know, all goes happy and they reunite as a family. And so that definitely you know it's sort of to me a throwback to that episode because this was something we had seen before this relationship where it gets really close um, but I like seeing it again because mm-hmm. it, it just it, the resolution that we see at the very end makes it worth it yeah yeah and th- that's something I notice about animated movies that stem from TV shows you know I'm thinking like uh, I don't know recess the movie which is a terrible example but I still <laughs> saw it in theaters <laughs> Well, what? That was my favorite uh, show on one Saturday morning besides Pepper Ann. And Pepper Ann was too cool to have a movie, it's apparently. True. And then, you know, like, or, or the Hey Arnold movie or something like that. They The conflict in the movie is always, unless it's like Aqua Teen Hunger Force, in which case there is no point in anything. The main conflict is something that's totally central to the actual show. So, like, if if this conflict doesn't go over well, it could be the end of The Simpsons as we know it, or the <laughs> end of Hey Arnold as we know it. No one cares. Or the <laughs> end of My Little Pony as we know it. That would be an excellent conflict to go wrong. <laughs> no one will mourn their loss in my house. But anyway, um, uh, shameless plug on how much I hate My Little Pony aside... Of course, the main conflict in this movie is, you know, what if Springfield as we know it is gone forever and everyone dies and the <laughs> Simpsons family is broken up, you know, really get the audience engaged in something. But then there's always a point in those movies where I'm like, okay, there's either going to be a sequel or they're going to keep doing the series after this. So, like, all these things can't really go wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The thing you know? with the Simpsons, though, it, they're really good at making no changes in the universe. No matter what happens in the episode, it always goes back to where it was before. <laughs> well, right. not always. Not always. I mean, there's a, there's a, lot a couple of times little it, things. It, yeah, like a lot Maude of times Flanders dying. Yeah, that was out of nowhere. Like, what? You actually killed off a character? Oh. Um, Do you yeah. remember when Family Guy did that recently with Brian? Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, it was like really disturbing. Like, no one thought it was either funny, entertaining, or, or cool. <laughs> and then they were like, all of a sudden they brought him back like two episodes later and were like, uh, okay. Yeah. I wonder how much, how many viewers they really got out of that stunt, you know? Family Guy or Simpsons? Family Guy. Family Guy. Oh. They, they killed off Brian the dog. It was, it was horrific and very, like, gruesome. Of course, I have no respect for Family Guy. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> Rotoscopers listeners. So, back to the Simpsons. Yeah, back to the Simpsons. <laughs> Oh, 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 there's there's one quote that I really like when he's in the Krusty Burger. The clogger. <laughs> if you can find a greasier sandwich, you're in Mexico. Yeah, that was, oh, man. That's ex- hey, did you know there's a sandwich exactly like that at Applebee's right now? Oh, no. Yeah, it's like it's like shredded pork, bacon, and, like, something else on top of it that's a meat product. Yet another reason why I don't go to Applebee's. Oh, my gosh, never go to Applebee's. This is not product placement for Applebee's. This is product displacement for Applebee's. I like their, you know, half-price appetizers. Mm, well, okay. <laughs> anyway, back to the Simpsons again, so I guess. There's a pig, uh, and Homer's like, oh, you can't pig. kill him if he's wearing people clothes. <laughs> like, so you got a point there. You got a point. <laughs> there's a lot of things that in the Simpsons that they quote that, like, are like, yeah, they got a point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he turns into a spider pig. Spider pig. Spider pig. 
does, whatever a spider pig does. I think that's one of the most quotable. No, we can't use a pig. Uh, ah, well, you have a great cause... Homer voice. You really do. <laughs> More Homer. Homer, one, Homer. Of, one of the four is a scientist. I choose Batman. Sorry, Homer, but <laughs> no matter what you may think, Batman is not a scientist. <laughs> but Batman is a scientist. But anyway, <laughs> I can kind of do a Homer if I really, if I really try. Better than me. One of my favorite characters is Krusty the Clown, and I've been spending years trying to perfect my Krusty voice, but it's just not hey, quite hey. there yet. Do your laugh. I, I can't. I can't do it. You can't do his laugh. I, I haven't. I haven't seen The Simpsons enough to know what his laugh sounds like. Sorry. <laughs> I can hey. kind of do a Mr. Burns. I have two buttons on my desk. One of them restores power to the city. The other releases the hounds. <laughs> That's right, sir. Anyway. <laughs> not bad for not being a Simpson. I know, right? Hey, Just you know. Think it may be I appreciate worse. the effort. I know. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And of course, um, you know, and then we, we go a little bit more into Bart, you know, longing for that perfect father and, and Flanders just happens to be there, mm. you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, with <laughs> the some hot, hot, cocoa. hot cocoa. Oh, my cocoa gosh. Cocoa for wussies. All right, well, just leave it right here. <laughs> you know, oh, and the yeah. gag is funny. They did this with the rake gag with um, Sideshow Bob, but it's where you do something funny. So he, you know, puts the cocoa, then he puts whipped cream, and that's not necessarily funny, but then he, you know, uh, does some shavings of chocolate, and that's funny. And then he... You know, puts a little wafer, and then that's funny. And then he puts another little whipped cream, and it's just they keep pushing it and pushing and it. Marshmallow, it's funny. and then they fry the marshmallow. Yeah, like they, oh they, my broke gosh. The, they broke the rule of thirds and made it into the rule of like sixteenths or something. Yeah, I remember for <laughs> the, the rake gag. when they kind of did this gag with the rake on the the, the commentary. They say, you know, the rule of thirds is you've got to do three things three times. You know, but so we did it three times, and then said, okay, let's do it again, and we do it again, and eventually. It's funny, it's and then three you times do it, within three times. You do it so many that it's not funny, but then you push it even more, and it becomes funny again. <laughs> and uh, that's definitely the the old Simpsons rape gag, which is great. Oh my gosh, best gag ever! Yeah. <laughs> 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 and it zooms out, and you see like a billion rakes everywhere. Sideshow Bob is one of the most interesting characters, and I, I didn't see him once in this film. No, did y'all? They couldn't take Kelsey Grammer. I guess he, I <laughs> he guess would have they... been a good character to have, like, as, you know, a, a film. There have been so many episodes, maybe too many, where maybe. You know, he's trying to uh, kill Bart, but it would have been good. Yeah, I guess they, yeah. I guess they couldn't find a reason for him to try to kill Bart in this episode. In this, uh, I keep qu- wanting to call it episode because it is just a giant episode. It's a giant, with yeah. With the production quality of a typical Futurama episode. But, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, more on that later when I give my rating, I suppose. But yeah, rule of sixteenths. <laughs> yeah, spider pig. I don't like. I get the point of the pig, I guess, but I felt like it was like this unnecessarily hyped up element of the film. You could tell. You could tell who's a surface deep lover of the film by um, the, by the quotes that they do. And if they do a lot of spider pig or Harry Blapper, yep, then it's uh, then they're only surface deep. You know, it's I true. would have to say. Yeah, I, I don't. Necessarily- I really love Spider Pig. I feel he kind of takes away from this movie. Um, I don't know. And, and going back with this, there's always been episodes where the Simpsons have, you know, different pets or animals. You know, I think of Laddie, and uh, they had an elephant at one point in time. You Stampy. know, and- he made yes. his he made his uh, moment on here too. So oh, you know, it- I'm assuming that was the elephant that crashed into the dome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's always been a, a Simpsons thing to have some sort of like pet that they adopt for a little while and not, whatnot. But just didn't, I didn't necessarily love him. Uh, I like the spider pig 
joke, but I didn't like when they turned it into a Harry Potter joke. I don't know why. Maybe that was like too current. Because that was trending at the time. Yeah, exactly. And I think for that reason, I was like, oh, why did you have One to One of the writers yourself? was probably like, oh, what's what's another nickname for him? What's another persona that Pig could have? Uh, uh, Harry Plopper. What does that have to yeah. do with pigs? I don't know. It sounds like it. Okay, let's put it in. Harry Potter is trending now, you know? I mean, basically about a week before this came out or a few weeks before is when the final seventh Harry Potter mm-hmm. book came out. So it was at its height. Yeah. Um, a anyway. Yeah. So fishing. <laughs> oh, oh, poor Bart. Poor Bart. I mean, there's there. Hey, what the heck are you? Oh, yeah. Hey, can you do that again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you realize, wow, he's pretty abused, but whatever. <laughs> we move on. And so he starts realizing, wow, like you, I don't have to be choked. Okay. Oh, this is interesting. And, and, uh, yeah. And then meanwhile, Lisa is at city hall trying to get everyone to uh, <laughs> see the truth about the toxicity of town Lake. Yep. This is why we should hate kids. This is why we should hate kids. <laughs> Mo, oh, so good. I love Mo. Yes. It's all clear to us now. We need another one of those scissor uh, lifts. All in favor favor of another scissor lift. Uh, See, that's such a, that's like another classic Simpsons thing is that the town is so stupid. They focus on the the totally unimportant parts, things that don't matter. Like, oh, a new scissor lift for town hall meetings. Done. (laughs) Black, that's the worst color there is. No offense, Carl. Yeah, I get it all the time. (laughs) Well, yeah. You know, so then they, they say, okay, fine, we're, you know, there's this ban on the lake. You can't dump anything there. Nobody can dump anything, not even the mob guys with their bag of yard trimmings. <laughs> uh, Chief, I think it was a dead body in there. Yeah, I thought, I that thought ch- so too, until he said yard clippings. You've got to learn to listen, Lou. <laughs> uh, see, up until like the first half of this movie, I think it's going really well. Like, I like where it goes. I think the second I am having half- a great time at this point. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, it's very classic Simpsons. It doesn't feel... Really, that they're trying too hard, except for maybe, you know, Harry Plopper. But it's just, it's flowing so well, and I'm really, really, really enjoying it. Um, And I think once the moment, maybe the dome comes in is where it starts to go down. I don't know. Maybe maybe after that. But For me, it's when they get in all the the sappy stuff um, with Homer and Marge. You know, Marge has enough of Homer not listening to her and just being a doofus. Mm-hmm. You know, when when she, you know, she's kind of lost sight of that's why she married him in the first place. Maybe. Why did she marry Homer in the first place? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, I guess this is when we kind of bring in the crisis, you know. Of course, The Simpsons, you know, uh, envisions a world where uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is president. Could I just say something here? I thought that this was the worst, like, parody, satiric portrayal of Arnold Schwarzenegger I had ever seen. <laughs> Oh, if it my- did not have his name on the desk, I would not know who they who I, who they were talking about. Well, because McBain is supposed to be a character that's mimicked off of Schwarzenegger and like you know the right. classic '80s star. And to me, I'm like, okay, it's McBain. Like, why don't yeah. just, we all know that he's supposed to be Schwarzenegger? And this is the time when Schwarzenegger was in office in California and whatnot, and maybe he was going to be president. And maybe he was going to be president if you know. And, and, like, why did they have to turn it to Schwarzenegger? They should have just made it President McBain, and we all would have yeah. got the joke because oh, yeah. we would have understand the what behind it and who he represented. Right. So I thought I feel that like, was just I a moment like the where they went too current. Yeah, I, I feel like it would have been a lot more funny if it had actually been a character from The Simpsons. Now, now I knew there was a Schwarzenegger-like character on The Simpsons. I just did not know his name. Now yep. I know his McBain. <laughs> McBain. But anyway, I was like, boo, worst Schwarzenegger ever. <laughs> 
But I, yeah. I like when everybody is panicking, you know, and they see the giant dome. The churchgoers run into the bar, and the bar patrons run, <laughs> patrons run into the church. That's so great. It's kind of bad, but I, I like it. <laughs> and I thought, you know, this Russ Cargill guy, the head of the Environmental Protection Agency, Epa! Um, I thought he sounded really familiar. And then when I looked him up, I was like, oh, that's right. It's Marlin from Finding Nemo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Russ Cargill, who's a jerk, you know? Yeah. Uh, this, uh, it decides, uh, you know, uh, plan three because I'm here to lead, not to read. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so everybody's panicking because the giant dome is coming up. Uh, a a crisis is so great it has its own code name and theme music. <laughs> true oh my gosh yes that is very true indecisive guy is totally me do i want to go in in with my friends is it, or go out safety won't be, uh, we'll be uh, alone <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's so true though apparently there's not enough news here in north america that we have something called deflate gate whenever a football player gets indicted for uh you know cheating at the super bowl but yeah some of the stuff in simpsons is just it just drives home so, you know, then... Dome they... Depot is one of my favorite lines. Oh. In the yes, that was such a great little... Dome bit. Depot. Yeah. And then they realize who was the culprit who put They'll something never, in... They'll never know it was me. <laughs> Property of Homer Simpson. Please return. No reward. <laughs> Classic. And so, you know, the one thing I didn't like is, you know... Technology on The Simpsons has advanced, and you know whether you like it or not, that's just the way the the show has uh, gone. It's uh, animation is a lot more fluid. They're able to use computers for things. I like when they use, you know, I've always said this. I like when they, when they use computers for cars and other things, some big swooping shots. But I did not like this 3D mob. Ooh, yeah, I guess they used. Oh, a, I did not like that one. I guess they use something like Houdini or Massive, some sort of uh, procedurally generated crowd program but yeah, yeah just, there was just something off. about it that was uh yeah uncanny uncanny i yeah, saw right it, through it back in the it day took you, know? you out of the moment yeah. and then you know had to oh yeah well, they're trying to do new stuff I, I like other other shots that they did a ton i thought the camera work and the animation in the film was great especially compared to a normal oh, yeah. episode um but that i was like uh that you could tell that they were 3d models that they sort of just you know cell shaded or whatnot painted over yeah. But. Well, the, well, the cynic in me was a little um, upset because it just the movie seemed like it could have been just a giant episode, you know, that you could watch for free on TV. But they did really pull out all the stops for like the animation. Like, there's some quality animation going on that really, really didn't take shortcuts. I don't think this 3D mob was ch- as much as a shortcut as like a new technique that they tried that that worked technically, but may not have um, may not have fooled audiences the way it was supposed to. I do like the part where Homer falls on the barbecue grill and he sees the shrimp. Oh, yeah. He's like, hey, hey, my luck is beginning to turn. <laughs> you like, know, That's and then, how I would be if I saw an old shrimp in a barbecue. So then the mob, you know, they all go up to the treehouse, which I love the treehouse. One of my favorite jokes happens in the treehouse uh, with Robert Goulet. <laughs> yes. Vera, your manager says to shut up. Vera said that? <laughs> Anyways, um, so then they jump off into the sinkhole. This is where the sinkhole comes back. And I thought it was just so clever how they were able to bring that back. Um, something so seemingly unrelated to the plot is actually pretty important. Uh, and then they do the old, you know, she's jumping off Geronimo. And Lisa says, Sacagawea. And I'm sitting here thinking, Pocahontas. Pocahontas, right? <laughs> Geronimo, Arepaho, Navajo, Pocahontas. <laughs> if you don't know what that's from, then shame on you. 
But actually, it's okay. It's from Aladdin, King of Thieves. It's a great, great film. We really need hey, to do that's that the one, one where that's the one where uh, Robin Williams came back. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was probably one of his jokes. Let's be honest. Yeah. Anyways, so they have found a way to hide out, and they are now outside. Um, and no one knows really, except for of course the Irish guy. And at this point, I'm thinking, okay, he knows she's there. Is he going to turn? He might turn, meaning turn on them and oh, rub yes. them out. <laughs> um. Well, no, because he loves her. Yeah, uh, love is no. true. Like when they go down the sinkhole. Well, they're China's problem now. Yeah, that was so good. <laughs> oh, okay, so then we start going basically to um, you know this Alaska subplot, right? Which yeah. can I just say? Why aren't they just moving under the sea? That is what I want to see. <laughs> That's not quite realistic. Not with that attitude. <laughs> And then um, at one point, you know, so starts all the all the arguing, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and kind of the drama between Homer and Marge. Basically, everyone hates him because he was the one that caused the mutant outbreak that caused uh, Environmental Protection Agency to to dome all of Springfield. And uh, <laughs> and she says something like, you didn't think about what I was saying. It's like, I don't know what to tell you, Marge. I don't think about things. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting back and I was like, you know what? That's like the most comprehensive explanation of the male species <laughs> right there. I don't think about things. But anyway, men, you're not alone. We all have a little Homer inside of us. <laughs> so they go to Alaska where they then, you know, get a thousand dollars just because. Well, that's, oh, that's, that's right. true. <laughs> it is so true. That gu- so that big oil can come in and ravage our landscape for oil. I'm home. <laughs> well no but my favorite okay so right before when they're at the they're at a little like quickie mart type place and um they're trying to get diapers or whatever and she's like oh no never mind oh no never mind i don't want that and then like bart goes in and he draws on the the wanted poster of their family and turns it into this weird looking family and but then you look behind them and the same family happens to be there and it just reminded me of the one episode where it's like I have my friend, Joey Jojo Shabadoo. Joey, that's the worst name I've ever heard. And then the guy in the background is like, oh, Joey Jojo. <laughs> and they yell at him, come yeah. back. So that was one of those moments. I was like, oh, it's a Joey Jojo moment. But I actually really enjoyed the fact that they brought Tom Hanks in on this whole thing. Because the government has lost all credibility, they're buying, they're borrowing some of mine. <laughs> right? Oh, toss up my hair, tongue, Hanks. Okay, kid. <laughs> okay, kid. And little sparkles and stars show up. You know, this movie really, um, really like rags on the government. I, During whose administration was this? I bet I can, I bet I can bet. Oh, 07 was. Oh, definitely, definitely Bush then. Bush. <laughs> oh, well, that makes sense. But I still stand by my reasoning that The Simpsons goes after everyone. So. Yeah. The EPA is evil. The EPA is evil. That's it really, really is. That's a moral I, I can get behind. Yeah. <laughs> I can get behind this one. It's only a matter of time before they put domes over all of our cities. <laughs> uh, on behalf of saving the environment. It's like, no, you save humans first, then the environment. But no, no. That's why you don't choose plan three. <laughs> no, it's not even plan three. It's plan four. Oh, yeah. A little higher. Five. Too high. Two. Or six. That's not a choice. Two. Now double it. <laughs> yeah. That's well, pretty cool. And this is where it starts getting kind of really, you know, dramatic between Marge and Homer. I like I get how they I get how they had to make the stakes higher for this, but you know, when they do these 
you know, movies that are TV shows and they try to bring in all this drama. It's just, it's just not very believable. But anyway, the one part I do like is that when he, um, when he realized that they're gone and he watches, um, the tape of his wedding video, we have a wedding video. Uh, um, the carpenters of course is the ultimate sad love song group. <laughs> the first thing my family ever ordered off of TV was a, a carpenters, compilation um, greatest hits. Oh, that's, yeah. that's amazing! Classic. It was a CD, a CD, audio CD. No, awesome. you remember those commercials? Or yeah, just, you know. Now, and then long. after that, if you sign up, you can sample other great hits yes. from the seventies. You know, <laughs> and they always had parts of the music videos. You know, going. You know, while they had all the the highlighted ones. You know. Oh, awesome! Yeah, do you remember like stuff like that? Like, do, does like yeah. now? Now 55 or whatever we're on now, or now that's what I call music. Are they still doing commercials? Once again, I don't have cable. And then there's Kids Bop, but I remember now, like, the first now had, like, 98 Degrees and Hanson and Bewitched, which is still a relevant band, in my opinion. Oh, yes. So Homer um, lashes up a bunch of sled dogs. Run! Run! Jump! Jump! Rest! Rest! <laughs> Aw, everything I whip leaves me. <laughs> And of course, he is saved by by boob lady, and I'm like, not boob lady. When I saw this again, I was like, oh, this was like my least favorite part. It just made no sense. Crazy Eskimo lady who makes him do throat singing to find his epiphany. <laughs> find your soulmate. Yeah, it's a reference to another episode, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> like, he's like, oh, I don't even care about myself anymore. Uh, obviously, I'm not as important. Go on. The like evil tree hands are like, come on. Oh, the tree hands. Oh man. It's like, until you find the inevitable truth, Americans will never embrace soccer. Total truth. <laughs> that is true. Oh, uh, he says some good ones in that part, but I can't remember them. But yeah, Americans will never embrace soccer. <laughs> yep. And so, uh, of course, he realizes he gets his epiphany that he needs to um, save Springfield to save himself and reunite his family. And so he makes a bunch of sop yelled and one vey signs to 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 deter the the military from stopping him. There's something strange about that sop sign. I lo- that was one of my favorite quotes. Actually, I was like, okay, that's that's funny. You know what's great is that it's one of my favorite quotes, and it's not even like dirty. It's like humor that anyone. It's just like really silly humor. It is. See, I mean, there were a lot of points in this where I felt like it was kind of trying too hard. But then mm-hmm. there were moments like this where it's like, that's just funny. Like, everyone thinks that's funny. You know, of course, everything, you know, Springfield, after like 90 plus days of being under the under the dome, um, everybody's going a little crazy. I'm emperor of Springfield. No, you're not. Yes, I am. <laughs> Throws a Molotov cocktail back at him. Oh, hail emperor. Um, I like how they distract, um, distract the... Uh, the guy from Environmental Protection Agency with the oh, what's the the redneck dude's name? The, the guy Cletus, the slackjawed yokel, idiot proof. <laughs> I, I love Cletus. Do it. I just can't do it. He's one of my favorite characters. Look I know I how you feel. I was beat in tic tac toe by a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And He's so, um, at first Bart doesn't want to go with Homer Simpson to go uh, get rid of the bomb. You know. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll let you hold the bomb. Oh, he Aww. knows me so well. <laughs> he knows me so well. I wish my dad was Homer Simpson. <laughs> I wish you didn't have the devil's curly hair. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
and uh, oh, like gosh. that's all you need. That's all you need to bring everyone back to reality. Oh yeah, Flanders shouldn't be his dad because Flanders is kind of rotten in his own way. Yeah. Um, without getting too in high and mighty about it, I guess. But yeah, and so I, I love how they bring back the motorcycle thing. You know, when you uh-huh. get to the top, speed up instead of slowing down. <laughs> but that's the scariest part. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. And so, of course, they defuse the bomb. It's a little suspenseful, but not too suspenseful. And then, oh, wow, it's a wonder no one got hurt by that. All the glass falling down. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, really? How's that going to... Right. Yeah, don't, don't worry about it. It's cartoon. Just leave it. Let it be. Yep. Cartoon physics are infallible. And uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, everyone lives happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And goes back to... Everyone goes back to normal. To normal, and nothing changes, actually. They're yeah. rebuilding their house, and it's as if nothing happened. Yep. That's what they do best. I oh, like how they find an even better gag for the reshingling the roof than the first one. <laughs> so here are some well, things that I found inconsistent. Um, one, uh-oh. with the whole Simpsons universe, one is they have their wedding video, which is something that they do inconsistently several times throughout the series. Um, yes. <laughs> so I can't really like hold that against them because it's just kind of funny. All right, that's it? No, I'm sorry, I had to cough, and I was... <laughs> oh. I'd, I'd rather... One inconsistency, folks. No. <laughs> no yeah, that one... going to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> that one was inconsistent. And then later on, um, Maggie's first word, no, that was not her first word. Though, I guess you could say that Marge and Homer, nobody really knew what her first word was because she did it when nobody was really there. Um, her first word was dada, actually. And, um, what else? I believe those are two of the main ones that I found, but. So, so two. <laughs> so two. But there's always some type of inconsistency. So before we do our rating, let's do our listener Twitter question. I asked just, you know, Simpsons is so quotable. I just had to ask, what is your favorite Simpsons movie quote? And we got some answers. Daniel C says, I'm the mascot of an evil corporation. That's oh, part play. There you Thank go. You. Eric Faulkner, one of our patrons, says, the Spider Pig song. May Page says, hmm, I'm pretty sure thousand is a number. I can't do Homer. I need. Oh, that wasn't Homer. That was his dad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then Nick Vito says, you can't kill him if he's wearing people clothes. And then another one from Nick, he says, I wish Homer was my father. And I wish you didn't have the devil's curly hair. So some of the ones that we had mentioned were also favorites of the listeners. So thank you guys. If you guys want to be uh, up on those, just follow us on Twitter at Rotoscopers and, or like us on Facebook. And we ask questions when we record. So you can be in on those for future. Woohoo! I just had with, to throw that in there. So with that, what would you rate this film and, and why? Um, I don't know what I would rate it. I'll go into it. I'll rate this three and a half stars. Um, I think I, yeah, I felt very comfortable, even though I am so obsessed with The Simpsons and I love it. I thought this movie was hilarious and fun. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a four-star film to me. I mean, the, I do think the fact that it has such a legacy behind it as a TV series, I, I kind of compare it to those other episodes. I'm like, okay, what's a five-star Simpsons episode and a four-star Simpsons episode? And this is good, and it's great, and I love how everything comes back together. Um, the first half is so strong, um, and the quotes are really, really good in this film. It, it feels like kind of maybe like 60% 
a genuine, you know, old school Simpsons episode. Um, no real rationale other than that why it would be three and a half. Maybe I'm teetering on four, but I'm just going to give it three and a half. I also say three and a half. I felt like it was kind of trying too hard in some places. I don't know. It was trying to do something that it wasn't quite getting in some places. But then there are a lot of points where it totally got it. And then the jokes fell perfectly. So there are, it was give and take on some moments. But I, I felt like all in all, I enjoyed it. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. I would still much rather go back and, you know, rewatch, uh, you know, seasons one through four um, than rewatch this or even just uh, three episodes in season three would make me so happy. Um, but... I think three and a half for me is good. I think obviously it's Chelsea and obviously I'm going to say it would have made it that much better had at some point in time they, you know, busted out into song and made it into a musical because that would have been awesome. Which at, which at one point it was supposed to be. Why, why would they not, though? That makes me really sad. Well, that's very traditional and like typical animation, make it a musical. I don't know. I felt just I don't know. I don't want them to force a musical if it wasn't going to be good. There were a couple of moments, like one point where he's like getting up on the bed or like maybe even about to go into Alaska or something like that. Like I felt like there really could have been a musical something moment right there and that would have been great. Um, so yeah, I think that's one thing that could have made it better if it, if they were able to, you know, get a song that actually worked. So I'm not just saying just throw any song in there and it'll obviously be better. Um, it's gotta work, but. Anyways, to Mason. <laughs> Well, I've been thinking and thinking and thinking. I, ugh, uh, I guess I'll do three stars. I guess. I mean, I guess in the end, I wasn't convinced why they had to make a full-length feature for The Simpsons. You know, for you know, as a movie. You know. Yeah. I still enjoyed it. Like, I really liked the first half, and the second half was still pretty funny. You know, despite you know, you know, the drama that you have to wade through. You know. Um, when you have one of these movies from a, a TV series, but uh, I thought it was good. But you can you can get the same amount of drama and and you know fancy animation in a typical episode of Futurama, you know. And maybe I just relate more to Futurama, but because I I really like Futurama, I, I not so much a, a Simpsons fan. Although I you know would never pass up the chance to watch The Simpsons, I suppose. So yeah, three three stars. Very nice. Yeah, I was interested to see what a non-Simpsons fan would think about this movie. Uh, so, I mean, three stars is still respectable. Yeah, definitely. Can't remember what I gave Ferngully. Two, two and a half, I don't know. Okay, so let's go into the voicemails. Our first one is from Sarah. Hello, Rotoscopers. It's me, Sarah, again. I don't plan on watching The Simpsons movie just because The Simpsons just isn't for me, but I still plan on listening to this podcast because I'm, I refuse to skip a podcast. You guys are my heroes, and I love you all so much. I had an idea for a nerdy couch discussion. You guys should do one on what you think are the most gruesome villain deaths in animation, just because I think that would be interesting. And also, have you guys considered reviewing Osmosis Jones? I, I rewatched that recently, and it was really good. Anywho, I'll let you go. Thank you for being the best podcast ever. Yeah, have a good week. I'll be leaving another one for Peter Pan at some point. Bye. Oh, I love Sarah. She's become a staple on the voicemail segment, so she wasn't going to check out The Simpsons, which is, you know, I, I'm a bit sad because I love The Simpsons, but I understand that it's not for everyone. Um, and so what do you think? Who do you think is the most gruesome villain in animation? We may turn this into a longer nerdy couch discussion, but you think that's worthy of a... Bruce is an interesting word, to be honest. 
just by the use of the word gruesome, all I could think of was Watership Down. <laughs> yeah, gruesome is like disgusting. So like your typical villain, like Gaston, I wouldn't call him gruesome. Yeah. He's just he's mean. he's sinister. Yeah. But as far as death, like disgusting. And- Hexus is pretty gruesome. Yeah, Hexus. Oh, you were thinking about most gruesome death. I was thinking about most gruesome death. I was like, oh. Hmm. We may have to ponder this and come back as a nerdy couch discussion. Yeah, absolutely. So our next one is from Dylan. Hi, Rotoscopers. This is Dylan Mentis from Pembroke, Massachusetts. And you guys are doing the Simpsons movie. That is so cool. Like, you guys have talked about doing this in so many other episodes, how you want to get a Simpsons episode in, and here it is. You guys are awesome. I've been a Simpsons fan for most of my life. I'm mainly a fan of, like, the first five or six seasons, when it was so quotable, so iconic, so I kind of feel like the Simpsons movie should have came out, like, in 1996, 1995. I feel like the best movie, like, would have came from then, but the one that we got in 2007 is definitely nothing to cry about. I really enjoy it every time I watch it. I don't watch it too often, but when I put it in, I forget how clever and how much effort they put into it. Really love the beginning with Homer standing up in the middle of Itchy and Scratchy, the movie, being like, hey, why are we paying for something we get for free at our house? Love that you guys are doing this, and I'll leave you with one of my favorite Simpsons quotes. I call the big one bitey. Oh, yay, I love Dylan. Um, so he, that quote that he does at the end, I call the big one bitey. That comes from the monorail episode. If you don't know about the monorail episode of The Simpsons, this was one that was written and directed by Conan O'Brien, the famous Conan O'Brien. Very, very uh, got his start with The Simpsons. He's hilarious. He was a great writer. I loved any of the episodes that he did. But I was thinking, if I were to do, if, if you could pick any episode of The Simpsons and extend it and make it a movie, or maybe what episode of The Simpsons would you think would make the best movie, I really do think the monorail episode would be the best oh, it's so good. Because, you know, everyone in the, in the, the town is there. And you want to have everyone in the town involved. So if you those who you don't understand or don't know, the monorail episode is this, basically this, uh, snake oil salesman comes in and convinces the fam, the, the Simpsons and the whole town to build this monorail in Springfield. And it's based off the music man and he's a con artist and it's just so, so good. Um, and there's some uh, songs in there. So it would have made Chelsea happy. It would totally make me happy. It would have been a great movie if they just would have made that the movie, but alas, they did not. So Chelsea, what movie or what episode do you think would have made a great movie? That one really would make a fantastic one. Let me think. Well, anything with Sideshow Bob. If they would have done the first Sideshow Bob as a full-long movie, that would have been fantastic. Because mm-hmm. it yeah. would have had the villain. It would have had, you know, they would have been moving around so you could put more people in there. Um, yeah, so I think I just, oh, Kelsey Grammer as Sideshow Bob is so good. Okay, our next one is from Billy. Hey, Rotoscopers, this is... Billy, otherwise known as the Animated Madness, and when I heard y'all were reviewing the Simpsons movie, I just had to give y'all a call. Ever since that fateful afternoon when I saw my first episode involving the adventures of the Denzians of Springfield, USA, I've been a dedicated follower of everything Simpson. I've bought every single DVD box set, some various collectibles, some of the video games, and watched every single episode as it aired. Before all the bad news that the program's been involved in recently, including key cast members passing on or leaving the show entirely, as well as the end of the production of the season box sets, 
There was a time of high hopes and glory when the Simpsons movie was announced to hit screens back in summer of 2007. I was so excited to see it. I paid tickets to get into other movies just to see the trailers for the movie on the big screen. I mean, the trailer marketing, marketing the movie as a 2D movie was absolutely brilliant. I laughed my butt off. Heck, I was even first in line for the midnight showing wearing Simpsons pajamas and had a plush Maggie poking her head out of a backpack I wore. What proceeded were some of the best 87 minutes of my life. Joke after joke pummeled me from the presentation before my eyes and ears. The animation is some of the best we've ever seen with The Simpsons. It's a perfect blend of heart, comedy, satire, animation, guest stars, and nods to the fans. It reminded people of how great The Simpsons are and how they continue to be the best show on TV. Here's hoping the show can maintain itself as it pushes its way to its 28th season. Just curious, Rotoscopers, what was y'all's favorite joke in the movie? Yay, animated madness! Yay! So, what was your favorite joke in the film? Or quote, or gag? Um, my favorite quote was when they brought in Cletus, and anytime Cletus was on there, I'm like, yay. Uh, <laughs> I just can't like, do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love Cletus so much. Um, yeah, I think that would probably be the best. But also just any self-referential that made me think of another quote. Very good. Do you have any favorites, Mason? Um, I really like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, Marge. I don't think about things. <laughs> and then I like, uh, if you can find a greasier sandwich, you're in Mexico. <laughs> And then, um, of course, Mr. Burns. I have two buttons on my desk. One will supply the city with power. The other releases the hounds. They're trying to get out. The dogs are chasing them. It's like, out the door to the left. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys for sending in. If you want to send in a voicemail for our next episode, which is Peter Pan, send us us your reviews at rotoscopers.com slash voicemails. All right, folks, thanks for bearing with us in this on this episode. I'm sure you had fun doing it. <laughs> You've made it this, this far, so you have made it to the end of episode 96 of the Animation Addicts podcast for show notes, links, and more. Because, as I always say, our the typical webpage for each episode has more links than the official Zelda timeline. Um, go to www.rotoscopers.com slash 96. We have a thriving Rotoscopers community on the website. Little discussions always pop up on the web pages for each individual episode. So head on over and join the discussion. Be sure to leave a comment and leave us, uh, you know, your own little personal review on the Simpsons movie and your thoughts, your opinions, any feedback. When, uh, you know, when, not if you want to tweet about this episode, please use the hashtag animaddicts. And if you want to be, like, really crazy, you can use the specific episode hashtag for this one, hashtag AnimAddicts96. And we love feedback from our supporters and our listeners and our fans. And one of the funnest ways to leave feedback is to leave a voicemail. And to do so, you can go to rotoscopers.com slash voicemails or call 406-646-6575. I'm pretty sure we play every, like, pretty much every voicemail on the show. Yeah, and we always respond. Yep. 
So if you send me a voicemail, basically it's going to make it on the show. And we have a really good, consistent group. We usually get between two and five. We have our five. usual callers. Yeah. It's awesome. And I love hearing everyone's voices every episode. So yeah. don't be shy. Don't be shy. It's like y'all are the other hosts. And you get your own little segment. Isn't that cute? <laughs> it's so great. Now, if you want to support the Rotoscopers, and you know you do, be sure to check out our Patreon page. You can go to rotoscopers.com slash Patreon or rotoscopers.com slash Patron, and you can find the spiel on how to become a VIP member of the Roto Nation. Also, we have a we ha- we still have T-shirts, rotoscopers.com slash store, and you can get your very own awesome Rotoscopers T-shirt. I wear mine all, all the time, and p- passersby are always like, ooh, who's that guy with the slick Rotoscopers shirt? And I'm like, hey, hey, hey. Hey, boo-boo. <laughs> hey, boo-boo-boo. Hey, How about a picnic basket? Okay. Make sure to send those orders in quick because, um, like we said, because we are sending a lot of them to our patrons. Our new patrons. Yes. Who, who are so giving at those, least so $20, right? Yes. Um, so if you're wanting to get a signed T-shirt, you know, definitely become a patron and you're able to get a signed one. Um, or if you just want the t-shirt before they are gone, just, you know, get on rotoscopers.com slash store and get those ASAP. Absolutely. And you can also subscribe to us on iTunes to access the podcast. And we're also on Stitcher radio. If you love the show, then please leave us feedback and reviews on iTunes. We really appreciate it. We want to thank a, a couple of iTunes users for their awesome reviews. Uh, we had a five-star review from uh, ALDB76, um, who says, I've been listening nearly every day since the beginning of this year. So thanks, ALDB76. Uh, we got another one from X-Pan, five-star review. And finally, we want to also thank K-Man2Max for their five-star rating on iTunes. They say they are addicted, a must for any animation fan. We agree. We love animation. We love doing this show. Uh, check us out on Hypable and Animated Views, and you can find the Rotoscopers uh, on Twitter, Instagram. Our Instagram is is thriving. We have a thriving Instagram following. Thriving it like thrives. under the ocean. <laughs> Do you uh, me see more? <laughs> and soon, coming to an email inbox near you, and hopefully not near spam inbox, the Rotoscopers newsletter. To uh, get a head start on, on subscribing to our Rotoscopers newsletter, go to rotoscopers.com slash newsletter. Our links are so simple and so memorable, so easy to remember. Now, if you want to connect with uh, one of us uh, as an individual, you know, the hosts of the podcast, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Morgan Straddling at Morgan Straddling, Chelsea Robson at Chelsea Robson, and uh, mine's a little more complicated, of course, because I'm Mason, at Mason SMTX, just think San Marcos, Texas. And uh, my own, uh, my own, you know, semi-professional slash uh, student work portfolio is masonsmithportfolio.com. And every once in a while, I'll post something on thisanimatedlife.blogspot.com. So next episode is, I'm really excited, really excited about this one. We are, first off, we're doing a, one of the most classic Disney films that they have. Ah, which Fritz is the cat. <laughs> Peter Pan. Peter. Ooh. Peter. Blast you, Peter Pan. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> Giving her the best years of her life and casting her aside like an old glove. I love that line. And we are going to be having a special guest join us for that one, too. So make sure check us out for that one. Check, check, check it it's out. It's a big deal. I, I don't know if I should, if we should cool. say who it is. 
We're we're really hoping we're going to get this special guest, and we're ninety percent positive we'll have him. Well, no, he said he could, but oh. I don't know. Do we? Do well, we then let's say? hold him to it. Let's call it out. Okay, say it. Why not? Get people excited. Okay, so we are having the most amazing Lou Mangello, who is the host of um, WDW Radio. And that is one of the biggest podcasts on Disneyland and Disney World or traveling in within Disney, the universe. <laughs> and it's his favorite movie. And so I asked him if he wanted to come and join us for that conversation. And he said he would love to. So we are so excited to have him. If you have ever listened to his show, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, yes, it's Lou. Because Lou is so great. He's so one. He's like the nicest guy you'll ever meet. So we are really glad to have him coming. So definitely be excited. Tell your friends and get more people to listen to the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers with special guest Lou Mangello. All right. If that isn't a big enough plug for you, I don't know what is. It's great. All right. We just met our goal. Oh, my oh, gosh. Did? Yeah, someone oh, donated. Oh, let's, let's say it right now. Guys, okay. this just in. At the very <laughs> end of the episode, we checked our Patreon, and Morgan has some spectacular news for us. Oh, my gosh. Someone pledged at the $20 level and helped us reach our goal, our very first goal. We are now at $100 a month, which means we are officially doing Inside Out and The Minions and Hotel Transylvania 2 and basically any other movie that comes out this year, which is really, really exciting. I'm so glad. Oh, wow. Thank Stop you. the presses. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Yay. Ooh. Ooh. Woohoo. All right. Well, now that we've met that goal, I should let you guys know what the next goal is. So you are in the know. We've officially met our, uh, basically our 250 goal is we will start live streaming the show. You know, we record basically every Monday night, but instead we will have it with video and it'll be live streamed. So you can chat, you can talk with us. It's definitely going to be a new format for us, but I'm excited. So if we reach 250, then we will do that. And if we hit 500, then we're going to throw in a bi-weekly news show. So that way you'll start getting the show every week. So you'll have an Animation Addicts episode, then you'll have a news show with us and all sorts of guests, and then back to Animation Addicts, blah, blah, blah. So it's going to be great. So anyways, thank you so much, guys. It's really exciting news. Hooray! Neverland. We, we are, are the Rotoscopers. I, I, you know, the since we really, anyways, <clears throat> think and then speak. Do float and do it in your voice. Oh, I'm assuming I'm just the guy with the voice. You're the guy yeah. with the voice. Yeah. When's Morgan going to do her video on, on Disney princesses? I know, I need to do it. And Chelsea has a few. Chelsea has a few, uh, Voices that are spot on. Which ones? I've been practicing my voices in the car, so I'm I'm definitely in rehearsal stage. Oh, good. <laughs> cool. So, did you guys? We have done nothing. Done none. I I have done nothing. I have done. Nothing. Okay. We've wasted our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Worst episode ever. <laughs> 